the most important thing you could share with me today is your perspective. Because the freedom of perspective fuels the logic we use to defend truth. We never stop fighting for freedom and truth, and that is what makes us Americans. Welcome to Critical Thought with Noah Chalaya. KNOX 107.9-1033 FM. Good morning, 10.07.13 below on our way to a daytime high of 8 below. On the phone with me, Senator Kevin Kramer. Welcome in, sir. Hey, good to be with you. I'm just, I just left the uh, Senate Armed Services gift for uh, getting an update, uh, classified update on the situation in Ukraine. So, if I stop, if you hear noises, it's because I'm walking. <laughs> well, sir, we appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day and, and out of your service to people to, to come on the air and talk with us. So, uh, Senator Kramer, I want to talk to you about Fufeng. Obviously, you've heard the news. The Air Force has come out against this. And you have right. been against Fufeng since day one. You've been very vocal about it, very vocal that mm-hmm. this is something that city leaders should have done and, and that it was a security concern. And, and now it appears that that's mm-hmm. playing out. You must be very happy. Well, I don't, you know, it's hard to be happy and, and, and joyous. I'm relieved that um, the Air Force finally said something um, specific and uh, obviously emphatic, and I was pleased by that and appreciated them doing that. But I, I wish it could have been, I wish we could have avoided it, and the Air Force could have helped avoid that. Obviously, I think a lot of people in the Air Force feel that way as well, but I, I do think this was a, I think this was a decision that was easier than we made it. Uh, in, in, at, at several levels. So, yeah, I'm relieved. I'm pleased with the outcome. Uh, I'm sorry that, you know, the, the community had to go through it or went through it. Uh, but I will say this. It's like a lot of, it's like a lot of challenges. No, I think it's going to pay dividends for lots of other projects. I, I think, I think people in the, in the defense industry and people in uh, defense communities, I think leaders of, um, you know, certainly in, in the intel community as well, learned a lesson about the, the juxtaposition of, of local decision-making and, uh, and federal priorities. And uh, as clumsy as it was, I do think the Grand Forks will serve as a, the Grand Forks experience, that is, the, the whole experience will serve as, uh, you know, a model of, of what should be done as opposed to what, you know, we'll get to go through. I appreciate your commitment to to the local decision. I, I think that was absolutely the right call, and I think that was absolutely the right way to let it play out. I, I did have a couple questions for you. So the, the man's name that's attached to this letter is Andrew Hunter, and he's the Assistant Secretary of the Air Force for Acquisition Technology and Logistics. Um, I'm curious if you could help me understand why the Secretary for the Air Force Acquisition Technology and Logistics is the guy who writes a letter that brings a $1 billion project to a halt. So I'm I'm chuckling at your um, at your um, you know I- intuition on that because you you raise an important question and the answer is very important and the reason for that is I think it's a testament well it is it's a testimony really to the future of Grand Forks because Grand Forks Air Force Base has obviously we know rich history I mean bombers and missiles and fighter jets and and tankers. 
But the mission over the last decade or so is, is one that's been sort of, I don't want to say a placeholder, but it's, it's certainly has prepared and positioned Grand Force for the future. And the most important person in the Air Force uh, for Grand Force right now is exactly that person, Secretary Hunter, because acquisitions, technology, that's, that screams Grand Force Air Force Base with, a, with the Space Development Agency having the, the ground station there for the first tranche of low Earth orbiting satellites with the next generation of, of ISR coming to, to Grand Forks. Um, he, his, his voice on this issue really is the main voice. And so when, when, when I saw that he was signature on the letter, I thought, wow, they, they nailed it, um, you know, literally and symbolically. 775-5559, the number to join us. You're on KNOX with uh, Senator Kramer. Good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. I'll go rapid fire here. Number one, I want to thank the senator. I know he spent a vast amount of time publicly and privately warning the city of Grand Forks leadership and other state people what was coming down the road, and they just chose not to listen. You're a very gracious senator, but frankly, as a former E-5 in the Air Force, I could have figured this out in basic training. So I want to thank you for putting national security over this project. And to the people locally who want to beclown themselves, who continue to say you didn't do enough, you just need to wake up people. It was very clear where this was going, and anyone with any modicum of knowledge of national security knew it, so thank you. For anyone who was concerned about why the Air Force took too long, uh, let me just state this. The United States Air Force is a branch of the United States military. They report to the commander-in-chief. This could have ended way, way, way long ago if we had a commander-in-chief focused on national security. But I think it's pretty obvious we don't. And in closing, a separate topic. It's clear our immigration policy is a joke. And tied into this, I, I want, I've got this. When are we going to address another real issue? And I'll call Let's talk UND. Faculty, staff, and students are communist Chinese. Some of them are communist Chinese citizens. By the law in China, all citizens are required to be spied. Spies. If an official from the government tells you to, you're a student at UND, go get XYZ, by law they're required to do it. The UND has a bunch of Defense Department contracts and NASA, which has Defense Department potential. Uh, other universities, it could be farming, it could be the, the communist Chinese will steal anything. Hey, if it's not locked down and they can get it in a suitcase, they'll steal it and take it back with them. Uh, when are we going to realize, well, I won't say we, because I'm going to exclude yourself and my, uh, myself, Senator. When are, when are we going to realize as a country we are letting the pickpockets in the door? We did not do this during the Cold War with the Soviet Union. It is time to tell communist China goodbye we need to break relations. We need to start unwind. This is the beginning. We have to unwind ourselves from these people. They're not our friends. And I don't understand why we are letting people into a major research university and saying, here, here's what we're studying for the Department of Defense. Take what you want. I'll, I'll listen off the air. Thanks once again, Senator. You did a great job. And you, sir, are a great American. Uh, well, that, there was a lot there. And th- thank you for that. Um, and I you know, I feel like I, I, I tried to, to walk the balance of respect for the separation of powers of our government and, and, and recognize the role of the local government and do my part to um, adequately inform and, um, you know, certainly stress my opinion as well as I wish I could have provided more facts, frankly. I just 
just couldn't because of a lot of the, the issues. Um, even to this day, there are some things I wish I could share that I can't, but we'd, I'd like to get some things declassified and eventually share more information. Um, but again, appreciate the Air Force's uh, unambiguous, uh, I love that they use that word, their unambiguous uh, feeling about, about this investment. With regard to the, the larger issue, I think what, what Terry speaks to is a little bit, um, you know, what he's speaking to at the end is a little bit of what what we've all we've all witnessed here in this final you know this final letter from the Air Force, and that is there has been a growing um, transition, really, uh, even Africa call it evolution of concern with the Chinese Communist Party and its malign activities in our country. They're they're taking more and more of supply chains, critical supply chains, buying up meatpacking facilities, buying up land, um, you know, buying up strategic, um, you know, real estate in, uh, in lots of places, not just Grand Forks. And, uh, and then infiltrate institutions under, you know, their laws, to, to Terry's point, that, that they are required to, to spy if they can. And other countries learned this lesson sooner than we did. And chief among them, Australia. There's Australia right in the neighborhood. China's their number one market, obviously. Um, they've risked a lot. They've given up a lot. They've sacrificed a lot to try to correct their own ship and clean their own house, um, particularly when it comes to, to students who were on assignment in their institutions to literally steal intellectual property. They're, they're masters at it. They have a long game. One of the first warnings I got when I became a senator is not a warning I received in the House, but when I came over to the Senate, and particularly on the Senate Armed Services Committee, was to um, be aware and to warn my family for, uh, about um, opportunities that might come their way for employment, for contracts, for business opportunities, uh, for you know relationships um, with, uh, with people from China. Um, now, I think it's really important, though, and I'm going to stress this, and it may not be adequate, but, I, it, but it's from the heart. Okay. Not every Chinese American, not every Chinese citizen, not every person of Asian descent, obviously, is, is active in the Chinese Communist Party. Right. Um, and, and we have among us some of our brightest, best scientists, um, software developers, surgeons, you know, medical professionals, uh, engineers of all types. Um, who who have Chinese heritage, and we love them, and we and we want them to feel welcome in our communities and in our in our state, in our country. Um, but we do have to face the reality as well that there's risk when it when it comes to um, particularly Chinese Communist Party members, people active in the PLA. I mean, I, I have some non-classified information about about the Fufang Board that, um, that it's you know I've, I've learned the information. Um, I'm trying to find non-classified, um, you know, sources of it, but there were there were real problems on that board, not just the CEO and the, and the chairman, but but others as well. So we just need to be a lot more discerning in, in all of this, but um, but at the same time, we need to also be careful and welcoming of, of people who add value to our communities and uh, are some of the best among us. So the project is dead in Grand Forks. But I think, and I think it was somewhere in Iowa, finished second. Are you working or have you looked into what it would take to ensure that Fufang isn't going to acquire land somewhere else and build? Is that a national security concern for you or was it just the Air Force Base? No, it's really a great question. And this is what I mean. I, I believe that um, 
what happened with Grand Forks will likely not be repeated other places for a number of reasons, not the least of which is the, the, the CFIUS process itself, although it became non-jurisdictional to that committee, uh, there's a lot learned there, and there's a lot that's that's in the uh, in the assessments and and, I, and you know data that was collected and information that's collected that that is a warning to lots of other places, including Iowa. There's I think in Arkansas they have another similar. It's not Fang, but another similar similar situation. It is not unique to Grand Forks, and and, and it's not unique just to military or or, or the you know the, to the Air Force. Um, so what's happening is you're already seeing a lot of legislation being introduced that, that um, addresses the issue. The, the agricultural piece of it, Noah, is, is, it's not unique, but it is distinctive because agriculture has always successfully, those of us are advocates for agriculture and, and, the, and the industry is, as we head into a farm bill year, has, has successfully carved out sort of its own lane in public policy as it relates to economic issues, to, you know, safety nets and, and trade. Um, so agriculture has largely been left on, a little bit on the sideline of this, this process. Well, we're going to drag it right into it. It's got to be food supply, food security has got to be one of the top two or three supply chains that we need to protect as a country and living in a time when pandemics and, 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 um, other dangers, global dangers loom. So, um, so I think some of it's going to be just sort of taken care of, if you will, at least in terms of oversight and, and resources available at the federal level to, to address these things. Um, again, not with the heavy hand of the federal government necessarily, but resources of the federal government ready to, to assist anybody that, that would ask or it, it situations we'd learn. Uh, so Grand Forks, and I think there's a good point, time for me to just point to this other fact. The, the, the one distinctive thing in Grand Forks that isn't as apparent everywhere else is a community of concerned, loyal, patriotic citizens who sounded the alarm themselves, that 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 saw the danger or anticipated the, the outcomes. And now there are other factors besides the national security piece, for sure. Um, you know, that some people were more concerned about, you say, the pollution or, you know, the use of land and its implication on, on water and water tables and things like that. All of those are legitimate as well. But it really was local, you know, local community concerned local citizens who, who first sounded the alarm. And uh, good, good on them for, for, for doing it and for staying with it when it probably wasn't all that easy. Absolutely. Um, you know, free place. I, I, yeah, I wanted to ask you this, too. So you're on the Senate Armed Services Committee. You know, you talk about utilizing federal resources to come alongside and kind of help out and assist cities. Were you able to use uh, your position in the Senate Armed Services Committee to affect the decision of the Air Force or to help them, uh, you know, encourage uh, you know, a letter to be generated say, hey, the city would be, be a lot easier for them to make this decision if they had something in writing they could look to and point to and say, hey, this is kind of why we're doing this. Anything like that? Yeah. So, real, again, really insightful uh, question. Um, maybe it's obvious to some people, but, but it's very insightful, Noah. Uh, one, I think one of the advantages, well, a major advantage I have being on the committee is I do have ad, uh, access to resources. And people will tell me something that they're not yet ready to say publicly, including, you know, security folks, particularly the Air Force, but even to a larger extent, the Department of Defense in general. And um, and then we have friends like Marco Rubio, who's the ranking member of the um, 
intelligence community, the intelligence committee, I'm sorry, who, who's, who took a very keen interest in this right away, as did, as you probably know, Senator Tom Cotton from Arkansas, who has a similar situation happening in his own state. And he's on the Armed Services Committee with me. Uh, all of that provided me insights and access. But your question is, did it have any influence on the Air Force to finally do what they did and, and, and write this specific letter? Um, I believe that it did. Now, I didn't have to convince the Air Force of the problem or the risks. I don't think the Air Force's opinion of this decision ever changed. I know it didn't. I mean, I've, I've, I've been around on this for, for a year. Um, but, to, to, but to encourage them and to no, let them know, listen, I've got your back as well as your front on this one. Um, if you have these concerns, it's really important at this point, now that CFIUS is over, remember CFIUS sort of locked a lot of this down. We, we, the Air Force couldn't even share information that they were learning on behalf of CFIUS with us, with me while the CFIUS process was going on. So it wasn't until after CFIUS made this determination that they, they w had no jurisdiction that I was able to go back into the SCIF, not just with the Treasury Department and the Department of Justice, but also with the intelligence community and the Defense Department and very specifically the Air Force and, um, and learn more information. And then ask very specific questions that they could share with me that they couldn't they couldn't share through the CFIUS process. CFIUS is very secretive, and I'm not I'm not so sure we shouldn't look at some reforms there as well. But anyway, studying that side for a moment. Um, so when all that was done and we got more specific information from the Air Force, yeah, I, I just I just wanted them to be as transparent as possible, and largely for this reason, Noah, the, the Air Force will mitigate any you know any risks. That's what they do. They've already mitigated risks that they may have seen with with other you know, other investments and in grant forks and other places. But those, those mitigating factors or mitigating in, um, uh, responses are often to move a, a mission or to spend more money on, on the mission where it is. And, and those are bo in both cases, those are things we'd rather have them not have to do. Mm -hmm. So when they finally, when, when they, when the coast was sort of clear for them and the previous thing was behind them, um, they they just stated what I believe their opinion has been since even before CFIUS emphatically. And I think it was helpful to Grand Forks, and it was certainly helpful, I think, to several other communities throughout the country that are dealing with the exact or similar situations. 775-5559, the number to join us. You're on KNOX with Senator Kramer. Good morning. Hi, Senator. See, I was in the Air Force ROTC program at UND, so I have equal standing with Terry. My question is, we have stopped a cornmeal plant in Grand Forks. Wapenden, North Dakota has showed an interest in locating the plant there. Do you have a problem with that location? My other question is, should we stop all projects that involve China? And how about the airplane factory or company in Grand Forks? Cirrus, should we stop that? I'll hang up and listen. Sure. Thanks. Yep. No, really good questions. Again, very insight, insightful questions. First of all, if Fufang wanted to build a wet corn milling facility um, in the Wapton area, uh, I would I would encourage them not to do it. And while there may not be the the um, initial or obvious threat to national security, not be the obvious threat to um, or the opportunity to to steal data uh, from satellite 
communications or, or uh, other, you know, other communications, or even to, to read um, into troop movements and activities and whatnot at a, at a major military base. And Grand Forks, make no mistake about it, folks, is all about the future. It, it is future-oriented. It is high-tech and is near-term and long-term future. It's, it's, it's an important base. They may, all of that doesn't exist probably in the Wapton area, but what does exist is a very critical supply chain, and that's our food. And for that reason, I would strongly urge them, and I would be, in fact, I, I'd be just as strong in opposition to a Fufang-owned facility at, at Wapton as I am in Grand Forks. With regard to, to other assets that already exist, um, it is much harder, of course, to undo something that's been around for you know, five or 10 years, or in the case of, of um, you know, students, um, decades. And, and, and those are all things that the, our Air Force and our Air Force Base and Air Force have already mitigated against. So what to do about it, we'll have to see, you know, where things go, where, where they lead. Um, but I certainly, if, if the opportunity came forward today for a, a communist the Chinese Communist Party um, affiliated organization or investors to purchase Cirrus aircraft, I, I would absolutely stand up against it. And, and in a case like that, I think CFIUS would intervene and lessons learned would be applicable uh, from, from that standpoint. But I'm fairly certain that the community of Grand Forks and Grand Forks leaders have learned as, as much a lesson through this as, as anybody and, and probably know that going forward, things will be different. Seven seven five fifty five fifty nine. You're on KNOX with Senator Kramer. Good morning. Good morning, Senator Kramer. Good morning, Noah. Uh, I've got a two part question. Uh, first of all, who's your favorite Republican senator and Democratic senator to work with? And then, second part of my question is, what is actually happening in Congress in terms of passing legislation to keep China from buying up all of our land? What what tangible yeah. things are actually happening there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, great, great questions. My first, so if, I, I hate this question in a way because it's really hard to pick favorites. It's kind of like picking favorites among your siblings. Um, but I could list a lot of them, of course. It, it, I'm on, I'm on four committees. I've been on five committees. I, I was able to get myself off of one this year. It's just gotten getting too busy. So it sort of depends on the committee you're on and whatnot. But I really like working with Shelley Moore Capital on the Environment and Public Works Committee on Energy and Environmental Policy. And then, um, and and because she's the She's the ranking Republican on that committee, and I'm the second ranking. So we work very closely together on, on a lot of energy policy and, and wetlands and, and waters in the United States and things under the Corps of Engineers, all those things. Um, and then and then as well, John Barrasso, uh, who's the chairman of the Energy and Natural Resources Committee, which Senator Hoban sits on. So between the among the four of us, we pretty well surround energy and natural resources issues, and it's a, it's a really good team. To work with, I also like working. Well, I like working with with Mike Rons. I, if I started going down that path, it'd be really long. <laughs> On the Democratic side, I have some really good friends. Um, it, it, it might surprise people, or maybe it wouldn't. And she's no longer a Democrat, but Kirsten Cinema and I were classmates in the House, and we were classmates in the Senate. We're both on the Banking Committee, and we, her and I, have done some pretty big things together. I mean, we, our extension, we we, we had an, a record extension of the. Um, the authority of the export import bank and particularly it's work with with small um you know smaller smaller manufacturers and whatnot and we put into that legislation a specific a specific uh, line item to deal with the china threat economically and so so to help 
companies that are doing trade, international trade and whatnot, um, to, to sort of counter the, the supply chain and value chain that, that maybe has them somewhat addicted to, to China, Chinese opportunities. Um, so I'd put Kirsten in that. I would say Chris Coons is another one of my favorites on the Democratic side. He and I have worked on some, some housing legislation together. Um, Angus King, truly. I mean, just some, some of them are really, really good friends. Also, it's hard not to love Bill Manchin because um, we've worked really closely with him, obviously, on a lot of things that uh, are important to North Dakota. Um, to answer the other question, what's being done to sort of combat uh, this this China threat, if you will, there's a number of pieces of legislation. And just so people know, they are bipartisan. And and we we are trying to do something specific to agriculture. Mike Rounds, uh, Senator Rounds from South Dakota, is, is taking a lead on some of that. Tommy Tuberville uh, of Alabama as well. But I can tell you that um, Tim Kaine, for example, who's, uh, as you know, was a, was a vice presidential candidate for, under Hillary Clinton when she was running for president, is on the Senate Armed Services Committee. Um, he came to me in, as soon as he learned about this and asked, what can we do legislatively to, to, first of all, to deal with your situation in Grand Forks, but more importantly, long term, you know, with the China threat. So he, he and I are looking at legislation. Um, Senator Tommy Tuberville, I think maybe I mentioned that he's also working on some legislation that, that I'm um, in looking at and getting on. I'm already on two pieces of legislation dealing specifically with China and and its access to supply chain. So uh, there's a lot being done. This is, you guys, I know, again, I feel for Grand Forks, because they have to take a lot of arrows as a community and deal with a lot of internal strife as a community, but they're fixing something for the, for the country, really, through this experience. Because you, you, the China threat is a bipartisan recognized threat. It, it might surprise you, Noah, and might surprise some others. Chuck Schumer is one of the strongest China hawks in the United States Senate. And, um, you know, the bill, a bill I did not support because I just thought it was over the top generous in terms of its, its corporate welfare, but what was well-intentioned was that um, CHIPS bill, you might recall, um, that became way, way too large. Uh, but it incentivized American companies with great generosity to bring more of the chip industry into the United States, uh, which was designed to sort of shield us economically from from china senator i appreciate the time i'm uh, i gotta head to the knox newsroom but i appreciate your time we'll catch up with you again next week never want to keep doug barrett waiting that's my model <laughs> i appreciate it sir <laughs> have a great rest of your day thanks for all what right, you thanks, do guys. all right you bet. Bye-bye. all right i'm senator kramer we'll head over to the knox newsroom get the latest from local news headlines this is critical thought on knox thanks for listening to critical thought Download the show notes at criticalthought.show. The content from this episode was taken from the live radio show, which airs every weekday from 9 a.m. to noon on News Talk 1310 KNOX. Streamed online at knoxradio.com.